0: Merry Christmas, friends and listeners of the Listener's Commentary. As I noted last week, I'm just releasing a couple out-of-the-archive episodes for Christmas leading up to the end of the year so that next year we can begin the year jumping into the book of 1 Corinthians. So last week, we looked at the classic Christmas story out of Luke chapter 2. This week, special episode from the archives from my first few months of podcasting, a message out of Revelation chapter 12 about a dragon in the nativity. And so it's a Christmas message from the book of Revelation. I hope you enjoy this special uh, episode of the listener's commentary from Revelation chapter 12. And again, Merry Christmas. I hope you and your family and your loved ones have a wonderful time remembering what God did for us in and through the person of Jesus Christ. Merry Christmas, friends! In my little bit of the world, we're already in the full Christmas swing. We've wrapped some gifts, exchanged gifts with family members who aren't going to be in town for the Christmas holidays, and so we're off and rolling and enjoying Christmas already. And I hope wherever you're at, your uh, your holiday preparations and Christmas preparations are coming together well, and uh, you're looking forward to spending some time with family and friends for the holidays. And I want to welcome you to a special Christmas edition of the Bible and Life podcast. In fact, really for the next two episodes, we're going to just push pause on the Sermon on the Mount and we're going to take some time to wrestle with some passages of Scripture or explore, think about some passages of Scripture uh, that have to do with Christmas. And uh, in fact, I'm going to release uh, next week's episode just a couple days early. I'll release um, next week's episode on Sunday. Uh, night as uh, we prepare for for Christmas. And that episode is specifically going to wrestle with Luke chapter 2 versus your nativity set and your children's Christmas program. And so be looking forward to that uh, just maybe a day or two earlier than normal as we prepare for Christmas. And and in this episode, what we're going to look at is really what might be called a behind-the-scenes expose of Christmas. The reality is Christmas invites us into a familiar story, a story that's full of familiar characters. There's there's Mary and there's Joseph and there's a little baby Jesus in the manger. There's shepherds watching over their flocks by night out in a field outside of Jerusalem. In your nativity set, there's oftentimes wise men, specifically three wise men. Why three? I don't know, but there's three wise men. Usually in your nativity set, there might be a Sheep or two, there might even be a camel or two in your nativity set. Familiar characters and a familiar story that we're welcomed into. We sing songs about it and and we uh, talk about it. We have our nativity set about it. We watched Christmas plays about it, right? And there's there's the the Mary and Joseph story as they make their way to Bethlehem, they arrive in Bethlehem, and there's no room in the inn and they find a place to stay, and Mary gives birth to her her baby, and they wrap in swaddling claws, and they lie in a manger, and, and the shepherds are uh, told of this great event by angels that appear in the sky at night, and it's all so familiar to us, and there's even the sinister uh, elements in the plot line of Herod being jealous of this newborn king and looking to kind of uh, divine figure out some sort of uh rough age of the baby and so he asks when did the star appear and then he goes and sends his soldiers to Bethlehem and, and and executes all the kids that fit that little age range of 2 years and younger and it's sad and it's traumatic and there's weeping and there's wailing and and that's the story of Christmas and we're we're familiar with this story um and and yet, there's something missing. There's actually more to the story and more going on than meets the eye. There's actually sort of stuff behind the scenes at that first cra- uh, Christmas that doesn't usually show up in our Christmas presentations and in our our nativity sets. And and so what I want to do in this episode is I want to just look at that behind-the-scenes story. I want to go to a passage that really is a Christmas story, but it's a Christmas story of a different kind, one that we often don't think of as a Christmas story and certainly doesn't usually make the Christmas reading list. That story is found in Revelation chapter 12, Revelation chapter 12, and indeed it is the nativity story. It's just a behind-the-scenes version of the nativity story. So, in Revelation chapter 12, it begins with, what would you expect a Christmas story to begin with? A pregnant woman. In Revelation 12, you have a pregnant woman, but it's not just any woman. It, it says this, a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman Clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and on her head was a crown of twelve stars. And she was with child, she's pregnant, and she cried out, being in labor and in pain, to give birth. There you have it a pregnant woman, not just any woman, but she's the queen of heaven. She's clothed with the sun, and the moon is under her feet. She's wearing a crown with 12 stars. This this is like Mother Zion, the queen of heaven, the heavenly Jerusalem, the mother of the people of God. She includes Mary, but she's more than Mary. And Mother Zion here, she's in labor. She cries out in the pain of childbirth. And now in this story in Revelation 12, danger lurks in the shadows, as you would expect from any great story. Listen as the story continues. It says this, Then another sign appeared in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his heads were seven diadems, or crowns, royal crowns, and his tail swept away a third of the stars of heaven, and he threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she gave birth, he might devour her child. Here's this dragon lurking in the shadows and he wants to devour the child that this, that mother Zion is about to give birth to. He waits for her child to be born so he could destroy this child because he knows this is no ordinary child. This is Messiah God's king, God's agent for destroying him and destroying his evil work and for bringing God's kingdom, his rule and reign, his peace and goodness to all the nations. So the dragon lays in wait while the woman gives birth. Well, the story in Revelation 12 continues like this. And she gave birth to a son a male child who is set to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and to his throne. In other words, this this baby is born. This baby is born to be a king. This baby is born to be specifically God's king. And and the 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 dragon lays in wait but the dragon is foiled in his plan to destroy this child and this child is caught up to his throne and appointed as God's ruler and God's king over all the nations. Now, if you keep reading the story, you realize the the dragon then sets out to destroy the woman, and God protects the woman in various ways, and the, the dragon tries again in a different attempt, and, the, the, and God protects the woman again, and, and the dragon actually realizes, man, I'm not going to be able to destroy God's people in one fell swoop, and so he calls forth two henchmen. Uh, at the end of chapter 12, beginning of chapter 13, two beasts, the one out of the See and the one of the earth, who are going to be his henchmen for trying to pick off God's people, followers of the lamb, followers of Jesus, uh, one at a time, but that's a different story for a different day let's stick with our story, this unique nativity story where we have a pregnant woman giving birth to the Messiah to Jesus God's royal king, and a dragon and that story continues uh, by saying the the immediate response to the birth of the Messiah in, in Revelation 12 is not hot chocolate, warm sentiment and Christmas carols. The immediate response in Revelation 12 is not sparkling lights and all sorts of positive feelings. In Revelation 12, the immediate response to the birth of Jesus is all-out war in heaven. Listen to what it says. Revelation 12, verse 7 says, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels waging war with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels waged war with them. And and yet they were not strong enough. And there was no longer a place found for them, for the dragon and his angels in heaven. And so the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old. And now we figure out who this dragon is. The serpent of old who is called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And so, this there's all-out war, and Michael and his angels, they they kind of bounce the dragon and his angels from heaven. They're thrown down to the earth, and they go about them making war on the earth and destroying the earth and bringing chaos on the earth, specifically targeting God's people. Um, Well, that's a little different version of the Christmas story, the Nativity story, than we're used to, isn't it? Here in this version of the Nativity story, we have a dragon in the Nativity. How many of your Nativity sets include that? How many of your Nativity sets include a dragon? Uh, usually we have Mary, Joseph, shepherds, Wiseman, few animals, right? We got some sort of stable looking thing, but no dragon. But here in Revelation 12, there's a dragon in the Nativity. and And... And yet, we know it's the nativity story. The heart of it is all there. A pregnant woman giving birth to the Messiah. Attempted destruction of the Messiah. Not this time by Herod, but but by the dragon himself. And what Revelation 12 does is it discloses what's really going on behind the Nativity set, behind the Nativity story. What's really going on is something far bigger, far more important, far more significant than sweet little baby Jesus and pastel greeting cards. What Revelation 12 tells us is, that, that this, that Christmas, Christmas is like a covert special ops mission um, between God and the forces of good and the devil and the forces of evil. And this little baby is such a threat to the forces of evil that the dragon himself lies in wait, lurking in the shadows to try to destroy this baby. What Revelation 12 reminds us is that Christmas Christmas is all about war, that, that this world and what's really going on behind the scenes, this world is more of a battleground than a playground. When you think of a playground, right? You usually playgrounds are full of bright, happy colors, right? You see a picture of a playground, you think blue skies, maybe some puffy clouds, and little kids running around and laughing and having a good time, and we expect everything to be bright and happy and fun at a playground, don't we? And oftentimes at Christmas, we expect the same thing. In fact one of the most striking things I've heard this Christmas season came from a friend of mine who's a worship uh, director in Oregon. And she said, Christmas, the Christmas season, the way we kind of experience the Christmas season reminds uh, reminds us of the way things are supposed to be. Peace on earth, Goodwill towards men, laughter, and merrymaking, and happiness, and all is bright and cheery, right? And uh, peace on earth, and lights, and all of that. Gift-giving, and happiness, and Christmas, as we, we tend to experience it, reminds us of the way things are supposed to be. But at the same time, we know it's not always that way. Life isn't always that way. Um, life isn't always peace on earth, goodwill towards men. There's often not all cheer and happiness in the world, That there's there's more to this world than just that. Uh, and when you think of a battleground versus a playground, well, you think devastation, you think gray and bleak, you, you think hardness and suffering and pain and maybe even death on a battleground. And we know, we know this world still has all those elements. And what Revelation 12 tells us is that this world is more of a battleground than a playground. That even the Christmas story itself has elements of that, with Herod sending in his soldiers and... and just bringing devastation to families and there's weeping and wailing and mourning in Bethlehem because of the kids who are killed. And Revelation 12 tells us, but Herod is just a small bit player in a much larger drama, that he's just a puppet of a greater power. And that greater power is the dragon, the serpent, the devil of old, Satan himself, who's, whose in war against God and God's plan to bring goodness and life and joy and peace on earth and goodwill towards men to this world. And the devil doesn't want to see that happen. And so he uses whatever willing participants he can in his war against God. And and Herod was just one of those bit players in Satan's drama, his war against God. And so Christmas, Christmas, the birth of this little baby in Bethlehem is like a covert special ops mission. It's the true king's invasion into rebel territory to rescue those caught up in this war and to establish a new kingdom, a rival kingdom, God's kingdom. And Satan knows that if this baby gets out alive, then his gig is up. His days are numbered. So he throws everything he has at this baby right from the start. But guess what? Jesus sucker punches the devil and wins. He lets him think he's won when Satan kills him on the cross. But Jesus comes back three days later, ascends into heaven, and takes his seat on his throne as God's king, God's rightful ruler over the world, the prince of peace, the wonderful counselor, the one who's going to bring God's kingdom, God's reign to this world, and put everything back to proper working order. The end result is that evil has been dealt a death blow, and Satan's days are numbered, and he knows it. He knows he's been beat, and that's why he all of a sudden begins to wreak havoc and go to war uh, against God's people in this world. You see, Christmas is about two kingdoms in conflict. The, The evil empire and the royal empire of God himself. It's about the evil empire and the eternal empire, the superficial kingdom, the kingdom that we see and experience all around us. It's this mixed bag of good and bad and and life and death and brokenness and joy all in one. The superficial kingdom that we see all around us and the real substantial kingdom that's going to last forever, the kingdom of the Messiah. That's what Christmas is all about. Um, And so Revelation 12 actually ends with sort of this note of triumph. Um, Revelation 12, the story of Christmas says this, uh, Revelation 12, verse 10 and 11, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying this, Now, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah has come. Because the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down, he who accuses them before our God, day and night. And they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. And they didn't even love their life when faced with death. And so what we see in the Christmas story is this. Through all the apparent weakness and vulnerability and insignificance, Jesus, the Messiah, triumphed over the ruler of the evil empire. He grew into the man who defeated sin and death and who unleashed and launched God's kingdom and who will complete the project someday when he finally destroys death and the devil once and for all um that's what christmas reminds us it reminds us of where we're at in the story that we're we're in the middle of this story where uh, the devil has been dealt a death blow but he's still raging his war against god by attacking his people and wreaking havoc on this world but he's been dealt a death blow and he knows his days are up and and god's king the messiah has been installed on his throne and that's why that's why christmas brings Good news of great joy. Not because the war is completely over yet, but because ultimately the final victory has been won and Jesus is king. Now the salvation and power and kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah has come. Every year when my kids were younger, they, their, their school would do a Christmas program. And the culmination of the Christmas program and um, was singing the Hallelujah Chorus together as a body of people. Now, I know some people don't like the Hallelujah Chorus, but for me, it's really a magnificent, majestic proclamation of this great truth that we see here in Revelation 12, that God's kingdom has come in the Messiah, that Jesus has won, that He's the King, He's the Lord of this world, and evil has been defeated, and someday it will be vanquished once and for all. So, we would stand as a body of people singing the Hallelujah Chorus. If you're not familiar with it, it says, For the Lord God Omnipotent reigneth. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. The kingdoms of this world is become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Hallelujah. And we would stand and we would sing those words and More often than not, I would be overcome with emotion because of the great truth of those words. That Jesus is King, that He is Lord, that He has dealt a death blow to our great enemy, the dragon himself, that the baby in the manger gave a whooping to the dragon in the nativity, and God's kingdom has come. And though Evil still still lurks in this world. God has won. Jesus is king. And someday, everything will be the way God intends it to to be. And the good news of Christmas is that Jesus won the battle, not with bombs and bullets But with the power of self-giving love, they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb. That Jesus laid down his life. And now we follow suit and we don't even love our life in the face of death. Evil was defeated by the power of self-giving love. When the baby in the manger grew up to be the man on the cross. And he gave a whooping. The dragon in the nativity. So, this Christmas, as you go about all your holiday preparations, as you go about all your holiday celebrations, and maybe it's mixed up with heartache and pain. Maybe you look around at the world and you want to pull your hair out by things you see on the news or in the world. Maybe you look at your family and you say, It's not the way it's supposed to be. I wish it would be different. Just remember this that God's kingdom has come that Jesus has won and that he won by the power of self-giving love. And you extend that love to all the people you can around you. And you know, you know that evil has been dealt a death blow and someday will be vanquished once and for all.